What's up, Big Fact Freaks and No Cap Chaps? This is Adrian coming at you with another episode of Big Facts No Cap, the only podcast that's number one with Americans abroad and that cartoonist who drew Pepe the Frog. As always, I'm here with my friend Paul. Let's get into it, dude. Big Facts No Cap Big Facts No Cap No Cap Big Facts No Cap Um, okay, I don't really have a full form thought on this because it happened right before, right before I actually came up the, here to record this with you, Adrian, but I was, my family had on uh, a Netflix show called Sweet Magnolias. So I was watching this in the first episode of Sweet Magnolias, and one of the plot points mirrored so specifically something we discussed in a previous episode, I had to get your opinion on it because... Ooh boy. It was one of the main characters literally talking to, I, I guess a character who's supposed to be like anywhere between 10 and 14 was kind of the vibe I was getting. And like one of her lives, and it's Sweet Magnolias is of interest to us also because it's based off, it's it's based in a town called Serenity, South Carolina, which I googled it and that's oh, supposed to be that. Sumter, South Carolina. So somewhere we've both definitely been and are well aware yeah. of. Yeah, very close mm-hmm. to where we grew up. Yeah, I got my uh, I got my ass handed to me by a soccer team from Sumter when I was a boy. <laughs> I think we lost that game like seven <laughs> one. Um, and so one of the things that happened in the episode was one of the characters, one of the sweet magnolias, if you will, who is a group of uh, friends, of female friends from Sumter, South Carolina, or Serenity, South Carolina. She is talking to one of her friend's daughters in the line. I swear to God, to you. If she's like, I saw that Instagram account you made about this town where you just take pictures of where you just take pictures of broken windows and graffiti in the worst parts of the town. Just because your parents got divorced, you don't have to take it out on this town. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> and that was uh, that if for our listeners who have listened to our hometowns episode of this podcast, that was a point Adrian made, which is like this the sweet defenseless town <laughs> like, <laughs> the drama in this show is that a 14 year old is being too mean to the collective consciousness of a town um who who will defend the town who will who? defend the defenseless pick on somebody your own size 12 year old girl with an instagram <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah uh i think actually an instagram of just broken windows around town would be considered very artsy if you like did then columbia or something that was that was the argument the the girl made. She was like, mm-hmm. "This is my art. I'm just like photographing the parts of this town that how I see it or something." Um, Wait, it, is oh, that where she uh, did like the really uh, the Rorschach thing, where she like got on a, on top of a building and she was just like, "The city is a whore." She cries out to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, horribly written show. It, from the like mm-hmm. ten minutes I got, it seemed like there wasn't really anything redeeming about it. So to get back onto the good vibes, because we're a good vibes podcast, good yeah. vibes only. Uh, Paul, quick vibes check. How you vibing? <laughs> oh, um, okay. Uh, actually, this is a perfect moment for me to bring up the beer I'm drinking. Great vibes. I'm drinking Southern Tier Ooh. Pumpkin Ale. Um, I've had Southern Tier Southern Tier beers before that I didn't like that much. This one I am really enjoying, and it is part of my uh, it is my part of this new thing I'm trying where I'm gonna be the first person. To bring in the new aesthetic I've invented, which is, uh, I haven't decided yet if Basic Wave or Karen Wave or Karen Core 
Which sounds good to you. I like Karen Core. Karen Core. So uh, we're we're bringing pumpkin spice in this bitch. We're bringing Uggs in this bitch. Uh, well, like racism isn't a part of it. I, that would be an easy joke to make, but I'll I'll leave the racism out of Karen Core. <laughs> but Paul is bringing big. Uh, wants to speak to my manager energy to this yeah. episode. <laughs> I, I want to speak to everybody's manager, Karen Core. <laughs> yeah. So out of respect for that new aesthetic, I've decided to bring in. Uh, to invent, I am drinking only pumpkin spice things now that it is uh, nearing fall time. Nice. Um, I am not drinking something pumpkin flavored. I have a Jackrabbit Saison, which is uh, one of my favorite types of beer. Uh, farmhouse ale, really well balanced. Jackrabbit, uh, dropping banger after banger. You take a sip of this beer and you, you just go, damn, son, where'd you find this? You know what I mean? Now whoever edits this part of the episode has to go download that drop. <laughs> and edit Damn, it. son, where'd you find... That's, why did I make him Southern? Damn, son, where'd you find this? So, oh, but yeah, so the, in terms of the good vibes besides uh, Adrian and Paul's beer corner, um, the, I did want to put out a positive media recommendation. Lomelda just put out their new album, and uh, it, it's quite excellent, so... Highly suggest it. Second track on there is probably my favorite. Um, check it out. Hannah Sun. Very beautiful, uh, beautiful album. Sounds really lame. I'm going to suggest you guys listen to cool music instead. Listen to Superman by Seven Doors Down. Uncovering the classics that were <laughs> underappreciated in their day. Like the movie Coco, we just made sure they didn't disappear forever <laughs> from the collective consciousness. <laughs> Do you think they're all dead? That would make sense to me. No, I think they're, I think they're too young for that. <laughs> Uh, any positive uh, other recommendations you want to put out for people? No, a Paul pick? I, I exclusively listen to that, like, uh, that experimental piano piece that's like four minutes of silence. Oh, 433. 433, yeah. It's between that and 100 gex for me right now. <laughs> there, and out of respect for the fact that we do always do a bar if we mention a song, let me just go ahead and uh, perform a little bit of 433 for the audience. My favorite part. All right, so Adrian, <laughs> anything right. else been going on? A whole bunch of nothing. Yeah, I don't know. What, what, anything new going on with you? No, uh, I think my brother might be having a uh, a little baby this week. A little baby. Oh, shit. Wait, this week? Yeah. So presumably his partner's been pregnant for a while? Yes. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> no, it's one of those new super pregnancies they just came out with. <laughs> Well, I don't know, it just sounded weird. You never mentioned anything about uh, your brother being an expectant father. <laughs> I told you when my brother was expecting a little a little babe. Did you? Was yeah, your, your brother so. adopted? No, he's like doing like a group parenting thing with some other people in Belgium. Dude, your brother's so much cooler than you. <laughs> <laughs> so much cooler than us. That's true. Damn it. The, the problem with me insulting you is we are very similar and also similar <laughs> yeah, levels. I think it's cool. just, uh, I just hold up a mirror every time Paul tries to insult me. Uh, very much, I am rubber and uh, Paul is glue. <laughs> um, yeah, no, so uh, Billy Rose dropped uh, like a month ago, I think, or a little bit more than that, so Damn. she's out. <laughs> yeah. Um, Billy Rose, I like that, that's... That's such a pretty name in the juxtaposition of like, it's like a farmer's <laughs> yeah. first name mixed with a hippie's first name. It's just like smashed together. Mm. Yeah, that's why I'm going to name my uh, kid uh, Pitchfork Genesis. <laughs> that's also really cool. <laughs> Shout out to Billy Rose. Did Did you get her anything? 
No. <laughs> what do you get a what do you get a one month old? The clothing. What do for, they want? For a one month old. You also get the parents something to like usually if what? you're not gonna get the clothing for the baby, you get the parents something to like that they need for the baby. I think they're fine. There's like there's like four of them. <laughs> they're probably good <laughs> supplies. <laughs> Adrian, did did you not know that baby showers were a thing? But also, I guess if they're doing a collective raving thing, maybe they are, like, not doing all the traditional yeah. stuff. I don't know. We'll figure out when your brother listens to this episode and lets you know if he was offended. You didn't send a gift. Yeah, I don't know yet. He's sending me a birth announcement, though. I know that. So I'm receiving something. <laughs> That's all I know. That's... Which, actually, yeah, definitely one of those things that I did not expect. Um, Like, it would not even occur to me that, like, you send people an announcement that your child has been born. <laughs> Uh, but I guess that's a thing, yeah. It does. It does feel very old timey, like the like the Shrek two, like ten trumpeters are going to show up in your house. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> hear ye, hear ye. Oh, Adrian, Adrian. Um, real quick, yes, do you want to? So earlier this week, when this comes out, we're going to have dropped a bonus episode for the audience. Would you like to maybe mm. take a moment and apologize to our loving, caring, devoted audience for? Apologize for giving you guys extra content for the uh for why it had to be extra content is the poor audio quality they had to experience. Yeah, so Paul had me real heated during that episode, <laughs> so I may have been speaking into my microphone a little loud. Um, my audio came in pretty hot. It was pretty clipped. Uh, it was uh as they say in the audio uh audio file world, it was garbage. Um, so we had to. <laughs> Play with it a lot to get it to be even kind of listenable, and uh, that was my bad. Uh, I should have known, because it was like, the waveform is on my screen while I record, I just kind of ignored it for some reason. Could have been prevented. <laughs> it was a preventable mistake, and um, I just want to say to our listeners that I will not let another <laughs> mistake like this happen. I swear to you guys, okay? I am so sorry that this happened. And I don't expect you to forgive me, because it's unforgivable, and I'm not going to make excuses, but... If 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 you still find it in your heart to listen, please do uh, check it out. It's it's, a, it's the content wise, it's a pretty funny episode. So uh, definitely check it out if you can uh, stand to listen to it. I wish I'd gotten a recording of that because that was very YouTube crying apology energy. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I was channeling uh, the energy from one of my other one of one of the podcasts that I listened to, where they, uh, God, oh God, where yeah, I think you've the, told uh, me about them. We won't put them on blast yeah. because you like them, but apparently they're so woke. That they have to apologize every episode for what they did the last episode. <laughs> uh, yeah, they're basically just going to confessional every uh, every beginning of every podcast. We really should we we should turn uh, Paul and Adrian woke police into a segment where we kind of hash these these things out for other people. That podcast is very much friends, and I think Paul and Adrian are very much Seinfeld. And uh, we're not here to learn; we're not here to grow. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> we're just here to have some yucks and get out of here <laughs> that's true also so much less pressure to be like seinfeld or to be uh or to be it's always sunny you know what i mean like you can yeah, if, yeah. if you do go emotional it makes it all that much more powerful that you're letting down your uh your veneer of untouchability whenever paul does whatever the equivalent of the podcast version of uh, mac doing his coming out dance to his father <laughs> that's gonna be a real special episode of big facts no cap and uh, i just want to let the audience know really quickly that paul is doing a little shoulder shimmy <laughs> so apparently that is our equivalent of uh, <laughs> a very beautifully choreographed dance piece and it's always sunny <laughs> um okay yeah so we're talking about traveling today uh paul any good travel stories i know uh, i don't know if there's really any stories from when we traveled together but any uh, stories from when you've traveled other times or 
Well, let's do this. Uh, let's do a quick, like, uh, where, where have you been outside of the United States? Uh, well, I used to live in France, um, but I was pretty young. I was, like, up until I was, like, seven years old or whatever. Uh, so the problem with that is that, like, I've, I've been to a lot of the countries in Europe and was just kind of too young to remember it because my parents would do, like, you know, uh. day trips or one or two night vacations where we'd drive to, like, Italy or Switzerland or whatever. I've been to my home country of Lebanon many times. I've been to Canada many times. Um, and I've been back to France when I was older and able to actually, like, appreciate it and remember it. A lot of trips around the southeast of America, um, just because that's accessible one-day driving trips. So, yeah, And yeah. then uh, Cuba with well, you. One-day trip to Sumter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Cuba with you. And that's about the extent of, uh, yeah, I'm not, like, a very world travel type person. I haven't, like, I don't have, like, a list of 30 countries I've been to. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, no, uh, I've went to uh, Guatemala as a kid to visit family. Um, so I've also been to my home country. I went on a Galapagos excursion uh, when I was uh, in third grade. So pretty young. And I think the only stories behind that... Um, Let's see. I, I saw a penguin while I was swimming in the ocean, so that was cool. Uh, I saw some iguanas. I missed the part where uh, everyone gathered around a shark that they found while they were swimming. Uh, but the other thing that I think we've talked about, Paul, is that um, I think some of our friends got the impression that like me going to the Galapagos as a kid was like a big formative thing for me wanting to be an evolutionary biologist, <laughs> where like those things are totally unconnected. <laughs> uh, it was just a really cool, fun vacation. <laughs> and then, yeah, and then I've been to uh, Cuba with Paul, and I think that's a about it like other than that just like other places in the u.s so i've been meaning to go to europe for a long time since my brother lives there now mm. but uh that is yet to take place so can i ask you a question do you have any sort of thoughts about the uh the morality of not traveling but vacationing and especially vacationing as uh like westerner or somebody from a country that's historically like colonized a lot of uh other countries to then vacation in those exact same countries and kind of i don't know if not explicitly continuing the tradition of colonization kind of like kind of mirroring it in aesthetics because right there's still like the wealthy westerner showing up with way more with way more privilege and benefits and usually taking up like the best the best housing food and money in a local area for for uh travelers to show up and stay in for a week at a time do you feel like that's problematic and do you feel like i mean obviously right-wingers always take the stance of well technically they're making more money the same dumb bullshit they use for why sweatshops are mm-hmm. okay or whatever do you have any full form thoughts on this off top or um off top i would say i think i've given you this recommendation before but uh jamaica kincaid's book a small place is a, a great book about that where she talks about uh the white tourists that populate her her home island of antigua uh, and so it's a whole little book about that that's really good so i think my opinion on it is basically my same opinion on like cultural appropriation and like aave which is uh i don't get a segregationist approach to it i just think the main message should be like do things thoughtfully and with kindness okay if that makes sense yeah yeah i don't necessarily disagree with that because i think the right answer shouldn't be we segregate permanently and never learn or exchange ideas between cultures yeah exactly i also don't think the right idea is every every jamaican doesn't have access to their own beaches in their country and only white tourists in jamaica get 
to get to swim on the beaches. Like, that can't also be yeah. the only other... I don't think the answer is, like, frat kids populating Cancun every spring break. Yeah. Uh, but how do you stop that? How do you create... How do you how do you create a rule or system where both where thoughtful traveling by people who aren't necessarily just like looking to show up and party on somebody's beach without oh boy i have no idea if there's a rule in place for that i think it's um yeah see i've never i've never thought of it as like something to legislate away it's something that i've thought of as being like a uh Mm. when enough people change their thought process um but it's something that i would never i've never thought about like writing up like what the actual structure of a of a, a rule would be to fix the issue hmm. mostly because i assume i would never be in a position to do so <laughs> but yeah it's, it's not a bad question though as an individual how, yeah i think about it yeah as an individual how do i best uh, make sure that i'm doing things thoughtfully when i travel um yeah actually so the other thing that got canceled uh that i was really looking forward to was in november i was supposed to go to france for uh Damn. a uh, conference hopefully i think one of the coolest things about uh my job um as an academic is uh, being able to travel for conferences. So it sucks that that probably won't happen anytime soon, but definitely looking forward to that in the future. If I continue in academia, being able to travel to a bunch of cool places to talk about insects and hang out with some smart people. Yeah. And that's traveling. That doesn't feel bad because you're usually showing up somewhere that people want you to be there for an academic conference where people are coming. Also, it's not just Westerners. It's people coming from all around the world and it's for a good cause. So that's, that's a pretty explicitly good version of travel. Oh, so travel, yeah. Neither of us have backpacks through Southeast Asia, is what we're getting at. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I've, I've spent a lot of time in Lebanon. Well, I think uh, in a really adorable way, Paul was a, uh, what, what would you call it? A, a crepeteer? <laughs> a crepeteer. A crepe maker? <laughs> crepe maker, yeah, yeah. My, uh, because Lebanon is uh, was owned by France for the longest time, <laughs> they really, uh, they gathered French culture. So my cousin r- ran a crepier um in lebanon stuff creepy a creepy a love that yeah so uh any ladies interested in paul just know that he makes a dynamite crepe so should we jump into the articles adrian i already have mine pulled up if you're uh if you're good with that yeah, i think we should yeah let's let's get let's get into it so we are once again going back to uh a publication that adrian does not have access to <laughs> <laughs> yes and all you uh poor slovenly pig people who listen to this i assume also don't have access to the financial times so you will not be able to read dear david tang the advice column for the premier financial publication of london um which interesting fact adrian uh we actually have an outsized presence of irish listeners interesting yeah yeah according to our you metrics, think the dairy girls are listening to us we have an outsized uh, margin of both uk and irish listeners the irish beat out the uk by a good bit so that's like i think three percent of our listeners are irish hmm. So shout out to y'all at your next, it's been Cracker, at your next crack, put on a big fax no cap for all your friends or yeah. all your mates, or is that just Britain? Let us know in the comments. I think that's Australia. Sound off in the comments. Uh, <laughs> in terms of proportional representation, do we have, how, how is Ireland 3% of the world? Are we getting like close to like <laughs> getting the right proportion of everybody in the world to listen to us? You know what? We actually don't have any African listeners and that's a real shame in my opinion, or any South American listeners. God damn. Yeah. We're, we're really... I start saying this to my cousins and stuff. I think we're really hitting the English-speaking world as what's happening, which makes sense, because me and you are famously speaking English. Famously. So David Tang. David Tang on the Financial Times. The question he received on uh, this article, and should I do a recap? We've talked about David Tang before. Should I, should I recap him? 
He's kind of like he's a real rich, fancy energy. So this is our first uh, two timer, the first to be in the official two timers club. Yeah. Uh, for released episodes. Um. So yeah, we don't. This is new territory. We don't really know how to handle this. I I think you basically summed it up in like yeah what he's like in basically one sentence yeah r.i.p david tang um he seemed really cool mm. in his time he had uh he had scarf and summer energy he had big scarf and summer energy yeah he had big scarf and summer energy hong kong restaurateur moved to london and just was a wealthy socialite there hopefully not the type of wealthy socialite that uh you know none of that uh q on pizza gate shit but um, you know i don't know what i don't know so the question sent into him for this one was, I have just returned with my wife and two teenage sons from a visit to Havana. We found the people in the country magical, and many locals had not even ever met an American. I employed a plan I use whenever I travel to exotic countries. That is to bring a stack of $1 bills and hand them out freely to street musicians, doormen, and cabbies, etc. I feel like I'm spreading American goodwill, but my wife thinks it verges on slight imperialism. I'm curious to hear your thoughts and whether, as a world traveler yourself, you have a local tipping policy. Don't like his use of the word exotic there. When he talks about going to exotic countries. So he doesn't take dollar bills with him when he goes to, like, regular countries. Yes, does <laughs> he, does he not saying. tip in white countries? Because I, I think he should also know <laughs> that, like, in a lot of Western countries, tipping is also expected. In fact, that's I where it's expected. I absolutely love that, that he's, um... <laughs> He's using a Chris Rock mentality of like, yeah, my mom, whenever she saw a homeless white person, she was like, don't give money to him. Ain't no reason for that. (laughs) (laughs) Every time he sees like a a white person on the street in like a Western country, he's like, "Mm -mm -mm, ain't no reason for that. (laughs) You ain't getting my dollar bills. All right. Since we're doing our favorite Chris Rock bits, Adrian, are you going to do the difference (laughs) between, (laughs) are you going to tell me about the difference between black people and, um. No, I'm going to tell you about the big piece of chicken. (laughs) That was, um. Well, I don't know. I think technically Phil and I are stratified both from race and class. I think his family was a good bit wealthier than mine was. But the the amount of foreignness of the idea of the big piece of fried chicken and how much it resonated with me and how much Phil did not understand it and made fun of that bit as like a Chris Rock isn't funny, man. What's the the big piece of chicken? I was like, dude, that makes that totally resonates with my experience. I don't know why this is like so hard for you to understand. But like that speaks to me. I, I thought that bit was hilarious. So that's just like a really funny example of where like uh, small differences in your experiences uh, in such a similar like we grew up like you know 10 miles away five miles away from each other uh he does he does not get the bit about the big piece of chicken okay so moving back to the question to david tank to me yeah you're right it's it's clearly asked by somebody with some racism but it also speaks to how out of touch the whole family is that they did it immediately first off yes it's okay to tip people it's weird that you think of it as like this interesting thing where you're giving away exotic one dollar bills no you're giving one dollars is valuable one dollar is a good tip and that's surely appreciated if you can afford more, you well, should give more. But it seems like it seems like your wife thinks it's insulting because it's so little money and doesn't realize that that's actually like a perfectly appropriate amount of money. That's not my issue with this. My issue with this is I don't know if everywhere is like Cuba where we have the experience of knowing that it's not that hard to go get your money exchanged mm-hmm. and that some places will just take American dollars and like calculate the difference in the conversion. But why are you giving them extra steps? Just give them the money that they use. <laughs> give them why like what's the novelty of True. giving them a george okay, washington yeah, like right. why not just give them the money that they can actually go out and use that day i guess uh, that's true but i i think i think i'm taking this experience from knowing that in most third world countries including i've we've been to cuba and almost everywhere it takes dollars and knowing in lebanon 
if anything, they would prefer dollars because it's like mm-hmm. a, it's a currency that's pretty much in the long term it, compared to a lot of local currencies in third world countries. It's not going to experience inflation. If you can get away with paying with dollars, most places would actually prefer it. So I don't think of it as insulting, like you're giving them an extra step. I think of it as something where people would actually be like happy to get a $1 bill because they're often slightly more valuable than the local currency. I think he should be giving out Harriet Tubman 20s. <laughs> yeah. Well, this person... If he wants to be an anti-imperialist. <laughs> okay. I didn't get that that's what the wife was saying. I thought the wife was acting like a dollar. That is such such a tiny amount of money. Why would you, why would you even bother? Even the street people will not care for a dollar. The other thing that makes me really laugh is the idea that um he's carrying around a huge stack of $1 bills and like this was clearly uh like a diversion from the fact that he was going to the strip club the day before they were traveling <laughs> and he had to come up with a reason <laughs> why he had all those dollar bills when his wife asked. Um yeah, I think you're I think technically you are correct that uh if they can use the $1 bills. So if they're useful and if they're worth something to them and obviously relatively speaking a dollar bill is not a bad tip for someone in like Cuba. Uh, then yeah, I don't actually see like a huge problem with it. Yeah, yeah. And uh, obviously this is the first country to country. Like, I don't know, maybe I know in Lebanon and I know in Cuba, American American currency is, is considered perfectly like legitimate and you can spend it at a lot of shops and people people are fine with American currency and it's uh, it's perfectly spendable money. You should give out those Trump 2020 fake dollars that people give as like tips at restaurants. <laughs> oh my God. Um, before they had those, I remember that, uh, my neighbors growing up had the, uh, I forget what it was. It was some sort of religious thing. It was like the 10 prayers or like the 10 sins or something on a dollar bill or 10, 10 tricks the devil plays on you. And it was a fake dollar bill. And one of them was like, Ugh. one of them was like about, I don't know. But I do remember one of the things was about the whole, like coveting your neighbor on the dollar bill and explained that coveting your neighbor means you should never find anybody attractive outside of your marriage mm. and i was like i don't that seems like a stretch no wonder this religion drives people to madness constantly if that's how like the <laughs> role you're trying to hold yourself to like obviously yeah, yeah, like yeah. nobody's holding nobody's actually capable of never finding anyone attractive so you're just you're just creating a congregation of people who are constantly guilty about being sinners and have to hide it or pretend that they that they're they think they're the only people who ever find anybody attractive it's like the fucking the invisible yarn in that king's clothing story Mm -hmm. everybody's lying to each other and they think they're the only person who finds anybody attractive because they're a sinner paul do you have a uh do you have a favorite moment from Cuba that you want to highlight? I really enjoyed the Castillo off the uh, off of Havana. I just thought it was like really beautiful and really cool. And we just went on like a bright sunny day, and then walking. Yeah, that place is dope. Walking along the pier where you can see the Castillo across from it was also just a very nice area. And Old Havana had, I mean, just the architecture in Old Havana is like. No, I was about to say. I think uh, Lee's favorite thing was the aquarium. <laughs> um, my. Which is something that Paul and I went to specifically because it had such mixed reviews uh, when we were looking up stuff to do in Havana, um, which I, I won't get into that as a animal behaviorist, uh, welfare related to person. <laughs> My favorite thing for sure, I think, was probably the, the fox and the crow, mm. um, the uh, the jazz club that we went uh, to one night. That was really fun. Where We also met some other Americans while we were there. Yeah, uh, who we got to chat with a little bit. Uh, and the entrance is really cool because it's one of those like old school British uh, phone booths that's actually like a a gateway to a downstairs area that's uh, really cool, really fun. And then the, really I, good night. I would say the other cool thing was that there's so many there's so many museums in in Old Havana. The one museum that we went to that had the uh, 
artwork of different American presidents and it had George Bush with a helmet and a Nazi uh, swastika <laughs> on his head. Dude, just great, great. There's some great takes about Americans in Cuba. That was the one of the few paid ones we went to. That was like the actual official like yeah. revolutionary museum or something. But a lot of the other ones yeah, we went yeah. to were like the museum of like African, the museum of African history. And it was just like a mm-hmm. small building, like a small three story, like gorgeous building in the middle of old Havana that like was definitely not on any tour guides or anything. <laughs> just like walk yeah. up it and there you are in this like kind of cool, interesting place looking at some cool interesting things uh i will mention havana was one of the fa- safest feeling major cities i've ever been to like definitely I, I felt safer just getting a drink there in the middle of the night having our road beers mm. as we walked around old havana in the middle of the night yeah. drinking and talking i felt safer doing that than i would have felt doing that in the middle of downtown atlanta absolutely and that's actually a testament to how safe that city is that Multiple times I tried to get us involved in uh, sketchy shit and Paul <laughs> was against it. And we still, safer time for us there than any American city that I've been a part of. Yeah, Adrian does not have a good bullshit detector if a pretty girl walks up to Adrian and tells him that there's really good cheap cigars upstairs in her house. Adrian is well, that just... was a guy, but yeah. No, that was a girl. That wasn't really like a siren song. No, no, it happened to us twice. No, the girl was trying to take us to a local restaurant. Because we said that we were going to go to this one place that, like, I think Anthony Bourdain mentioned or something. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. It was, like, a Spanish place. Like, it wasn't, like, local food. But to be honest, uh, Cuba, like, eating a mango is better than, like, most of, like, the food that you get at restaurants or something uh, in Cuba. Yeah, not, not great um, food. But, yeah. Not great food. We told her where we were uh, headed for dinner, and she was trying to take us to, a, a like, a local spot or something. Um, that was that girl. And then the, it was the guy who wanted us to go upstairs to the, to the cigar shop where like, as soon as we saw like the stairs going up, I was, I was like, all right, yeah, now <laughs> let's get out of here. <laughs> and then that's when you actually looked up the wiki article on common, uh, like, um, common scams in Havana. And someone saying that the cigar festival is today and that there's like a cheap sale on cigars was like number one on the list. And there was one of the first nights where we just went to like everywhere we got dinner was more, the food wasn't ever really there was some good food but it was never really exceptional there were a couple exceptional, places yeah. but what was always tier one was the atmosphere of every place like we ate dinner like looking at the ocean in like a beautiful alley oh, in old yeah. havana one night another night we or, were in an all night went to a... opera house yes yeah. that's what i was about to say yeah there was a dude singing <laughs> opera like full performance level we were the only two people in the restaurant and he was just going at it for us and it was such a such an intense and awesome way to eat a, a piece of chicken. And let me set the scene. <laughs> the place was decorated like a pit bull suit. It was all white. Like the tablecloth, the floor, <laughs> the walls. Like like there wasn't a single thing in this room that wasn't white. Like it was like white, white, white. It was kind of incredible. I almost felt bad being in there without like in my like black shirt and blue pants or whatever. Yeah. Like it felt like we were ruining like a very specific vibe. <laughs> No, yeah, so if anybody's interested and you're friends with me, I have pictures and videos of Havana on my Facebook, so if you go back far enough, you'll see them. And one of the videos is of the opera singer uh, while we're eating dinner, so. Uh, And I think I have a couple pictures of the jazz club that I was talking about, too. All right, but I think we came to a consensus, which is if if it's a country where American currency is exchangeable, then yes, it's a good idea. If it's in a country where they don't want American currency, that you're kind of being a dick that you think. Like, they're going to yeah. be more interested in the novelty of a $1 bill than... Something they can actually use to feed their family. Yeah. <laughs> These people are not street entertainers because they're looking for your trinkets and interesting factoids. 
I actually, I pay them in good advice. I tell them about local community tech colleges where they can get a degree in JavaScript development. <laughs> I like the slight Ben Shapiro voice that you're using there. Oh man, I'm also pulling up. Do you remember the last night that we were there when we just happened to stumble upon a, a couple getting married in the middle of the street? Oh, um, vaguely. I remember dancing. Were they getting married or was it kind of like a reception? Oh. They were they were taking their like wedding photos like yeah. they were getting married. Mm. Um, I do remember like an impromptu like old person dance party in the middle of the street one night. That was kind of adorable. I do remember that. Yeah, that was fire. Aww. I sent you the picture of George Bush with the uh, swastika on his head, that, uh, holding a book upside down with the implication that he doesn't know how to read. But what <laughs> are you talking up. about, Adrian? George Bush is the good president. Trump is evil. We, we should go back to when we were just murdering Arabs by the hundreds of thousands. Anyone who's willing to sit down with Ellen DeGeneres at a baseball game can't be all bad, said one of my friend's parents. <laughs> Okay, so the, David Tang's response. I wouldn't be surprised if all the local beneficiaries of your microtipping regarded you with contempt. Not only because it shows your naivete and believing you can not only because it shows your naivete and believing you can buy your way into their invuncular lives, but also because you are dispensing only the lowest denomination bills. Your wife is clearly correct in observing your behavior as rather patronizing and condescending, which are the traits of being imperialistic. And what do your two sons think? You must have taught them that these poor people in Havana need money, and that although a dollar doesn't seem very much, it carries a lot more value in Cuba. If you have done so, that would mean that you have also taught them to be patronizing and condescending, and what's worse, that they are better off than Cubans. You really must stop this practice at once. It smacks of cheap vulgarity. If you want to eliminate the wow. cheap bit- he's really coming after us too and what we say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you piece of shit. If you want to eliminate the cheap bit, then tip with 10s or 20s or even larger bills, which are what you would use in you. We're not all restaurateurs, David Tang. <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't know if this makes sense for somebody like me and you, Adrian. I don't know if we can be tipping 10s yeah. or 20s to every person we see. I can't be I can't be dropping Harriet Tubman 20s, that's for sure. I need that. <laughs> I Could would do imagine? that for like, There would that would be like fifty twenties a day. That's a lot of money. That's like a thousand dollars in tipping a day. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> like <laughs> that does seem excessive. Uh wait, he uses New York again. <laughs> That's I was gonna mention that I just saw it. Okay, <laughs> if you want to eliminate the cheap bit, then tip with ten, twenty, or even larger bills, which are what you would use in New York. <laughs> Spelled N-O-O-Y-A-W-K. So, yeah, apparently, it, wait, that you, which is what you would, no, people don't tip 20s in New York, in, in New York, unless, <laughs> unless he literally does mean somewhere different than New York. No, like, no one's giving a street performer 20 bucks. New York is like the Aspen of Britain. I don't know. I think maybe if you're wealthy and you're like living in the middle of Manhattan, that's like a normal tip. I, I have no idea. I don't know how these people live, Adrian. Is New York... Is it the nice part? So it's like the opposite of how people call like South Side of Chicago Chirac. Like, <laughs> New York is the uh, the fanciest, but it's like past Fifty Seventh Street or whatever. I always disregard PPP purchasing power parity and do not discriminate my tipping by geography. I tip exactly the same amount whether in Havana, New York, or London. That's really admirable, but I guess okay. So I guess you really have to take that last sentence as advice because I'm gonna give yeah. David Tank the benefit of the doubt. I think if he was talking to somebody who really can only afford to tip one or two dollars in most situations. Because again, we're not talking about like your meal. We're talking about like you see someone perform in the street exactly. and you enjoy their entertainment. And you might and you might see like 
you might see up to 10 of those people any given day, right? Yeah. I, I, I 100% agree with that last sentence. You should tip whatever you tip to anybody in any location. That should be standardized. In terms of tipping and discriminating by geography, obviously that doesn't apply to places where you're not supposed to tip, but... Where, well, where are you not supposed to tip nowadays? Because, right, like, I mean, I know uh, there's well, some Asian Well, hey, culture. let's not get into our third segment too early, Paul. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> we may or may not have a game coming up where we talk about, where I quiz Paul on what's rude in, uh, what's considered rude in certain countries. That's what I was going to say. I think in most of the world you can tip nowadays. That's, like, kind of antiquated advice that some countries find it rude. I actually think that's um all, well, I don't know. Maybe I'm being wrong here, but... My assumption for, like, all travel tips is that most of them are antiquated. Like, I don't know how many, like, 20-year-old Japanese people are going to care if you try and tip, but I don't know. To me, it always seems like it's, like, advice from 50 years ago. Oh, but if you try to put your chopsticks straight up in your rice, dude, you can get the shit beat out of you. They hate that so much. They're literally, like, their tiny little Japanese brains can't handle chopsticks straight up. They're literally, they're going to show up with 20 of their homies outside of the restaurant, and they're going to fucking beat the shit out of you. You're gonna get yakuza bro. God, I hate white people who think they know about other cultures and give you, like, little tips like that. <laughs> like, nobody's gonna notice, first of all. Would you notice if somebody put their fork in a weird position? Like, Yeah, to me, again, it seems like one of those things where, like, maybe someone's grandma in Japan would care. <laughs> in the same way that, like, someone's grandma in America would care if you don't say yes sir, yes ma'am in the South. Mm. Like, I don't know. It's just so weird with which the intensity people will tell you this, like, these cultural norms, like, there's some sort of law, and it's like, I bet you 90% of people are chill, kind of like 90% of people are chill everywhere. Nobody's gonna get yeah. that upset. All I'm saying, Paul, is normalize putting your chopsticks up in your rice. Well, Adrian, you know it looks like incense being burned at a funeral, so it's pretty disrespectful. Is that what the issue is? I know, I know it's considered bad luck for some reason, but I didn't know why. Yeah, something like that. All right, anything else to say about this one, Paul? Uh, no, no. I mean, uh, it, 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 it smacks- Why is it that when he, in his last sentence, he actually uses New York? So they are different places. <laughs> <laughs> this is just the biggest mystery to me, dude. I don't, I don't understand it. Wait, can I do, real quick, can I do a quick Google search for David Tang, and I'm gonna put New York in, uh, like, uh, <laughs> in quotations, you know how, like, Google does the- Yeah, yeah, yes, please, yes, please. If you do the Google search for both David Tang and New York, N-O-O-Y-A-W-K, both in, like, quotation, so it has to be an exact string match to show up, you get nine results. <laughs> oh my god, we need to read this on the pod one time because the sub the sub description of this article is a tip for diners in New York and why to be wary of entertainers. And then it says, I once had to measure the inside leg of Marty Feldman when I had a summer job at Austin Reed. That's the most David Tang sentence I've ever read. <laughs> This man confuses me to such an extent. Oh my god. <laughs> David Tang is someone who doesn't understand the big piece of chicken. I'm just gonna throw that out there. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, cool, cool. Um, Yeah, that's all I had to say. Uh, It seemed like he had a really, like, that last sentence really salvaged his answer, because tip what you usually tip when you're at home. Yeah, Adrian, Uh, what is What are you bringing in for us traveling this week? All right. Well, I am bringing in Brandon Schultz's advice column from Outpost, uh, Savvy Traveler. Um, Dear Savvy Traveler, uh, the question that I'm going to do today is uh, titled, When in India or any underdeveloped place, how do I overcome traveler's guilt? (laughs) And this is from April 21st, 2018. Paul, any ideas off top about the title or anything? 
I mean, it's it's kind of what jumped to mind, and I, I hadn't even read your article or titled your article, but it's kind of what jumped to my mind immediately when we started talking about traveling, because yeah, it is. As always, we were weirdly prophetic, or you were weirdly prophetic in like bringing up the topic that I basically tried to bring in for my article. I I, I get it. Um, there, there's there's so many like I don't have a fully formed thought, and I don't want to like try to have a fully formed thought when I haven't. Uh, given it the time or the appropriate amount of time to like formulate but there is a lot of different things that there's a lot of different uh intersecting word of the day word of the word of the decade there's a lot of like intersecting like issues where you don't want to you don't want to be not dismissive but you don't want to like be a segregationist you don't want to be glib with how you travel to another country you don't want to withhold the buying power and the genuinely like and the genuinely life making uh, opportunities that being that turning like you know a small town into like a traveler stop can be for certain uh for certain places but you also don't want to be one of those like americans who kind of like fetishizes like their one and a half months backpacking through taiwan and like literally mm-hmm. get so excited when you get your uh when you get your post for your uh peace corps post for like uh for sub-saharan africa so that you can find like the black kid with a d- distended belly to take a photo with and you're just running through that mm-hmm. country with your dslr uh digging like digging ditches that are going to be filled in in half a month and are useless to everybody and taking photos of yourself in like the like one hundred dollar khaki pants that you bought just for the trip, so you could look like a cool traveler. Like you, you know, there's a lot of like inner, like there's just a lot of thoughts that fall into my head when I think of Westerners traveling. One thing that you're hitting on right now that I really like that uh has been one of Dora Lee's recent kind of like Facebook uh thematic elements to her posts, um is calling out people who did mission trips from when we were kids. Oh yeah, um, which I called out yeah, Peace Corps trips, just, but mission trips are definitely yeah. bad. Oh, probably worse. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's like literal modern day imperialism by little white folks, mm-hmm. uh, and definitely multiple people I know on my Facebook with um, profile pics of them with uh, little African kids, and then who probably post now about how they support. They're not racist, but they think BLM's a little extreme. <laughs> so you know. There's a lot to unpack there. <laughs> okay, sorry for so many interruptions. Let's get into the question. Yeah, keep it down, Paul, while I'm reading this one. <laughs> um, <laughs> dear Savvy Traveler, uh, my grandfather was born in India, and I'd, love to, and I'd love a chance to see the country. From what I hear, many people are overwhelmed by the poverty in this part of the world. How could I prepare myself for the traveler's guilt that will come with such a trip? Brennan Hen. All right. So that's the question. It's short and simple. I love the my grandfather was born in India. Like, come on, your your grandfather, your grandfather was one of the British governors in India, right? I was about to say, yeah. yeah. It's, uh, <laughs> what a slight of. It's hand. like saying that my uh, my grandfather was in the uh, German military from someone who's like forty <laughs> years old right now. It's like, ooh boy. <laughs> well, uh, you got to tell us if you're one fourth Indian or if your grandfather was. <laughs> part of the colonialist british government like that's very important yeah. to what this answer is but i'm gonna assume the latter and that your grandfather was a british uh was a british military officer or governor in india mm-hmm. um and so yes no don't go 
<laughs> Wait, okay. Yeah, I guess that's technically an answer, yes. <laughs> yeah, double go. Uh, yeah, uh, I guess only go to the rich places. Just stay at the Taj Mahal. <laughs> um, no, I mean, you can, you can go, uh, I, I, yeah, wh- wh- why wouldn't you? Tons of people go to India, um, there's tons of places where you can, uh, where you can pay an appropriate amount of money. There's tons of bougie places in India, and if you go to a poorer place, make sure to spread that wealth, give out some of that money. Be chill, dude. Mm. Oh, but don't tell anybody about your grandpa. Don't think that that connects you to India in any way if your grandpa was, like, a rich (laughs) British governor or officer in the British Army. Yeah, no, I, I think India is one of those places where, from, I've known a lot of Indian people throughout my life, and a lot of Indian friends, and it seems like one of those places where at least if you stick to certain neighborhoods, the culture shock isn't going to be as bad as you imagine. It's actually like, it seems to me from the things that I've heard from people I know who've been in India, if you go to the uh, parts of India that are like wealthier, you're it's, it's less of a culture shock than basically the average parts of like the Middle East I've been to. Like it's all pretty westernized. I also don't think that, culture shock is necessarily a bad thing i would say it's oh almost that's the, preferable um, that's the best expectation. part of traveling yeah 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 that's the whole point right not to be super saddened by what you see but to experience what you know, oh, no. to actually experience the place right and if so if that's a really common part of living there maybe you should see it a little bit maybe you should expose yourself to it absolutely that's what i yeah yeah for sure i mean the most interesting part of traveling is the uh is the aspect where you kind of expand your view of what's possible or how of what's possible or like it's almost like shifting your personal overton window like what is possible what's to be expected it it kind of puts in frame what at home is normal and what is uh, a constructed element of where you live versus what's a universal element but also don't be fetishizing or weird about it i remember one time uh we talk about him a lot, but Hunter came back to uh from Germany with a friend from Germany to Lexington, South Carolina, and the guy kept talking about how he wanted to meet the locals, and I was like, dude, <laughs> like, we are the locals, like, who do you think is the locals here? Like, you've met him, it's me and Hunter, like... <laughs> Wait, do you think we're really good representatives of Lexington, South Carolina? That's true, but it was so weird and fetishistic about how he's like, oh, I want to go to a small town in the South and meet the locals. I was like, I guess yeah. you'll get that. Like, he, when Hunter takes you to meet his family, like, he was going to take him with him to meet his, like, extended family. But, like, yeah, yeah it yeah. was a little bit weird. I was like, I don't know. It did make me feel a little uncomfortable that where I grew up with the interesting... Yeah, like, the way that he kept, like, licking his <laughs> lips and, like, putting his hands together and rubbing them when he said, I want to meet the locals... <laughs> I was a little bit like, yeah, it's not going to be as crazy as you think. They're just like normal racist people. <laughs> Did you have any any thoughts? I feel like I... Uh... Uh, maybe don't pity the people and maybe realize that I'm assuming he's American, we're going to say for this. But like, there's also many poor people in America. So I don't know. How do you, how do you survive the guilt of living in a country that has huge wealth inequality as well? Like, I don't know redistribute your how, how do you deal with redistribute that distribute your grandfather's ill-gotten wealth to the locals that's how you deal with your opinion yeah um give away your inheritance india is india is like it's kind of like when when racist americans talk about china where they assume everybody mm. there is some sort of slave of the government and it's like there's a lot to critique about china but can we like 
escape this like this version of thinking where everybody there is some sort of like poor peasant field worker tilling the fields like i've met like almost everybody i've met from china who lives in the u.s wants to go back to china and love their country and love their hometown and Mm -hmm. this idea that like and i think me and you both can speak to this about like our own parents who love where they're from they're um oh yeah where it's like yeah even if it's not as rich as the u.s people often love where they're from and it's like this pitying affect that westerners take like oh we gotta save the babies we gotta save the babies from these other countries like people love their home countries like stop like your your version of thinking where you think everybody else is miserable because they don't get to live in the west it's like so condescending (laughs) that's just one more thing like the person did seem to come a little bit from that angle which is anybody who's not a westerner probably wants to be and is so sad that they don't get to be uh so if anybody has on their uh on their bingo chart for big facts no cap um paul and adrian attack the question asker <laughs> you can check off that box now <laughs> if you're playing the drinking game for this episode you're already wasted along with paul and adrian the recording artist welcome to the party <laughs> yeah <laughs> this is one of those episodes um okay yeah let's, let's get into this question i think we basically hit everything that i'd want to say about it um dear brennan India, Southeast Asia, the Caribbean, you couldn't be more right about the level of poverty you'll face in popular travel destinations like these. Before I dive into this, I want to address what a friend said when I mentioned I was tackling this topic this week. She said we have plenty of poverty in North America, and while that's true, it's nothing like what you find in these underdeveloped regions. Also, bolded, at home, we're adept at avoiding it. I'm glad you recognize that this will be very different. You are right in that you're going to be alarmed by what you see, especially as someone who already cares enough to ask this question before even taking the journey. The good news is you're past stage one, denial. Oh, are we doing DABDA for this? Wait, does anybody (laughs) deny that there's poverty in other countries? Is that that one of the issues that some people are going to India and they're like, what? (laughs) Um... I thought Aladdin was just a, a special case. <laughs> I, I didn't think there were so many street rats. <laughs> uh, so what now? The way I see it, you have two mountains to climb. First, acceptance. Second, resolution. To a proportionate degree. Let's start with acceptance. On many Caribbean islands, you'll generally pass through downtrodden areas on your way to pristine oases of tourism, making it a bit easier, for better or worse, to forget that what to forget what you've seen once you arrive. In some areas of India, though, you're going to be confronted constantly, walking among conditions you haven't experienced in North America. Perhaps most jarring is how ordinary it seems to everyone there, a level of acceptance that will cause you to wonder how this can be. The key here is to achieve some level of acceptance yourself if you're going to find meaning in this trip rather than spend all of it being forlorn. Not accepting that these conditions are right or fair, but acceptance that these conditions are normal, at least there. Consider this. Being horrified by a person's daily way of life is not encouraging to anyone. It's degrading. Consider a much wealthier person coming into your home and being horrified by its size, its lack of luxury in their eyes, the food you buy, the servants you probably don't have, and the clothes in your closet. Obviously, I'm not comparing you to a homeless person or pretending your lives are comparable in any way, but I do want you to consider how it feels when someone who has so much more pities you for what you don't have, and think about ways that your life would be unimaginable for them. I bet you're fairly happy with your life that you've made and the environment that you call home, whatever your social status may be. Many of the people you encounter in these conditions we find deplorable and upsetting are living their normal lives, and being visibly shaken by it is to no benefit to them. It's emotionally harmful. I know that this isn't your goal, so try to come to an acceptance that this is a normal way of life in the area that you're visiting, and smile at those who are living in these 
conditions instead of outwardly or even inwardly gasping in horror. This brings us to the resolution. You're not going to revolutionize India, and you're not going to dramatically improve one life with your very own Oprah moment of, of giving money, clothes, and supplies to one lucky kid or mother or anyone. <laughs> Paul, anything so far? Uh, nothing other than this is like the fully formed version of what we were saying. Like, we kind of hit on... I think we... Not hit, because that's almost the... That's giving us too much credit, but we went down the start of the road of a lot of what this person is saying, and... I think it's nice mm. to hear it all fully fleshed out by somebody who clearly thinks about these issues a lot. And uh, so I really yeah. appreciate it. Like kind of, it's almost like listening or watching like a good YouTube essay where you're like, oh yeah, like it's like. That's what I meant to say. That's an inter- articulation of what I yeah, want to that's say. That's an articulation of something I kind of felt and I'm glad somebody said it in an intelligent way and they're really like drilling into it and giving proof and reasons. Yeah. Um, Once again, you're getting Paul and Adrian for free. This guy gets paid to do this, but Yeah. <laughs> Um, resist the urge for immediate relief of your guilt by handing over your belongings to someone on the street or by quitting your job to work with a volunteer organization. Your resolution should be proportionate to you, one person. You already know conditions are very difficult where you're going, so you have the distinct advantage of being able to plan some resolution into your trip ahead of time. Research some organizations that promote community development in these regions you're visiting and plan a day or two of service during your trip. Keep in mind the old proverb of giving a man a fish, of giving a man a fish versus teaching a man to fish, and volunteer a bit of prearranged time to a group that will provide lasting, positive change through long-term improvement initiatives. That's where I disagree a little bit. Um, I think that give a man a fish versus teach a man to fish shit is a little bit condescending, and I've been, mm-hmm. um, is it connected to somebody I've been spending a lot of time with recently who's been kind of expanding my mind on this type of stuff, like direct action and just getting the money in the hands of people who need it is actually shockingly more effective than large charities who spend tons of money on marketing and like overthought out mm-hmm, technocratic mm-hmm. uh solutions in fact i would dare to say that him working two extra days at whatever job they do and just giving that money straight out to people he sees who he thinks could use or need the money distributing it like like the person said evenly you don't want to like it's not a lottery you're not trying to give one person a hundred dollars and everybody else zero but distributing Mm -hmm. that money equally would be a way better solution than finding some like organization that like i don't know uh does some incredibly specific thing they think is helpful but doesn't actually ever get to the root of any issue um like Mm -hmm digging wells or whatever you know like that stuff is good i'm not trying to shit on that it is all good but sometimes just giving people money and letting them decide how to spend that money is actually incredibly freeing liberating and effective as a solution to poverty um you hear that andrew yang (laughs) oh yeah i guess that does sound like very andrew yang ish advice (laughs) but uh yeah, so I don't agree with this whole, like, give a man a fish rhetoric. It's, like, actually very, like, technocratic, mm-hmm. very neoliberal, very uh, very weak advice, in my opinion. So this is a reasonable, proportional way for you to assist a community in a real way, maximizing your resources of time and or money without insulting or degrading anyone. This type of hands-on approach is one of the surest methods for relieving the most traveler's guilt you can manage without upending your life. If you don't have a day or two to spare, you can also donate to organizations like these before or after you visit. And don't be afraid to remember that you're not required to do anything. This is just an option for those of you who are truly racked by so much guilt that they need a responsible way to alleviate some of it. 
This is not an obligation, and there's a great deal of truth to the notion that simply visiting an area brings a degree of economic development that, however slowly, improves conditions and supports communities which may be dependent upon travel dollars. Whatever level of involvement or lack thereof is right for you, just be sure you don't forego the entire trip for fear of guilt. Emotions are good, and even the bad ones are good. So go connect yourself with your personal history and come with a deeper and come home with a deeper appreciation and understanding of the world you live in. Is that it? I think I think overall it's good advice. I do think it's weird that they so they're a travel advice columnist, so obviously they have to say like obviously you should travel, but it is weird to dismiss it outright. Yeah. <laughs> so um, if you read Brendan's answers, uh, a lot of them and a lot of his whole kind of um vibe is about trying to stop people from not traveling. So like a lot of his ones are like, uh, what do I do if I want to travel alone, but I'm like scared of traveling alone. And so like he, he handles a lot of questions where it's like something is stopping me from traveling. And I, and he's like, okay, cool. I'm going to give you the reasons why that's dumb. And so like his whole thing is very much like you should travel here are the reasons you don't want to travel. And here's why they're n- not correct. Yeah. Which I don't know. I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying, and I think we talked about this throughout the beginning of the episode. I'm not saying you shouldn't travel. And I'm not saying there aren't good, healthy ways to travel, but I'm not 100% sure it's as easily dismissible as they made it seem like, obviously, you have a right to go to anywhere you want in the world as a Westerner, spend your money to have a like, life changing spiritual experience to come back and post on Facebook about. Like, I'm not 100% sure that that's a unmalleable right that we deserve in the West. You know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. I, I think it's okay to question whether or not travel is good or bad and they they didn't at all uh they didn't at all entertain the idea that it could be yeah and i I think that kind of like you know you gotta follow the money on this one paul (laughs) so uh but yeah like i always say follow the money there is certainly some thoughtful parts of it that i thought yeah i thought i thought most of it was good i already said the part that i didn't think was good i don't like that he bought into the uh question askers uh suggestion that this is part of their personal narrative and their personal history <laughs> that because their grandfather was born in india they have like a, 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 a an inexorable connection to the country <laughs> all right paul you want to do a third segment yeah yeah for sure for sure i uh, you you have something different for us you didn't want to do a topical tip i mean i heard there was aliens on venus but you don't want to talk about that you want to you have something a little bit different a little bit special planned no so yeah i came up with another little uh, quiz for paul i know how much people like quizzes uh, so what I did was I scoured the internet, and by that I mean I read a couple Reddit threads and uh, read a couple articles um, about things that are normal for Americans that are considered offensive in other places. Uh, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to read out a sentence that'll go like this. In X country, it is rude to do Y. And so what I just need to do is to give me a true or false, and if you want to talk through your reasoning for why you're giving a true or false, uh, that would also be appreciated. So, Paul, you ready for this? How do you, how, how do you think you're going to do on this? Um, do you, is this like David, Damon Anthony Dash, where you have a weird amount of knowledge of cultural offenses in other countries? No, I mean, okay, let me let me list the ones I think might be on there. Can I do that? I think you might do. Uh, they're pro- they probably are. I can I can go ahead and tell you. Like, there's really not that many of these. <laughs> okay, I was going to do the whole, like, two fingers up, uh, your index and your middle finger to, like, do two is offensive in, like, uh, Britain or, like, uh, I want to say British Isle countries. Uh, there's also the slurping your pasta in Japan. There's the putting your chopsticks up vertically in Japan in your rice. All right. Well, maybe let's just do a topical tip then. 
No, I'm just kidding. Uh, no, uh, none of those are actually on oh, the list. Oh, okay, awesome. So. awesome. Go ahead. I, I tried to avoid the really, really trite ones. Yeah, like that. yeah. yeah. Th- those are the ones that are like first and foremost in my mind. So, other than that, I, I, I all. I think I mentioned it earlier in this podcast. I don't know if it'll get cut out or not. I usually find them really funny because it's so othering to other cultures. And it's just like, yeah. yo, people people are going to be chill anywhere you go. Nobody's like looking to call you out. It's such a weird mindset that you think you're going to like offend somebody. Like once again, which has been a theme of this episode, we're touching on a lot of like touchy issues. It's not a fully formed thought, but like be regular. Like don't other people to that extent <laughs> where you think that you're going to like so, get the shit beat out of you because you did like you didn't like do the proper handshake in a certain country and they're going to like be angry. I you mean, didn't dap somebody oh, up no, the right way. I was in Nigeria and I put my foot up and they saw the bottom of my foot, which is super disrespectful in Nigeria. That one didn't make the list. You know what? People are pretty chill. Nobody like people are gonna understand you're you're from a different place. People are not just like randomly gonna get angry and aggressive. That's exactly at you. what I was gonna say. Yeah. So I'm gonna really quick couple ideas about that. I think one, it's the sentiment's good. If you're gonna go to a place, maybe look up how to not be a jackass while you're there. Although I think a lot of it just is don't be a, such an American. So I, I don't think the sentiment's bad that you should try no, and figure it, out it how to not offend people. Yes. But couple things one is i know from my travels in cuba as someone who does look pretty latino uh people can tell you're american like by a glance so like if you do something that's offensive they probably know enough to be like oh well they're an american they don't know any better uh and you know maybe don't like take don't like expect that infantilizing uh opinion to like get you super far but expect that people are kind of reasonable and don't really care that much about whether or not you take a bite of food from your left hand instead of your right hand <laughs> that's another good one yeah <laughs> like just the idea that everybody around the world who isn't american is some sort of superstitious moron looking to attack mm-hmm. you at the slightest <laughs> yeah i actually very much agree with your whole thing about how it's really otherizing to like describe people as these um stimulus response type of people where like they see this and they immediately like get up in arms about it um, but yeah, you are right that it is ultimately it's coming from a good place. And I'm probably being a little bit too dramatic about how like I, the people who do care about this stuff are just trying to be respectful and have a good, clean trip. So I'm, I'm ultimately I'm probably just being a snob more than you're doing anything wrong. Paul, you ready to start? Yeah, I'm interested. All right, here we go. <clears throat> And I'm not going to tell you if you're right until the end, by the way. Oh, come on. Come end. on. It's more fun this way so that we know which ones I got right or wrong. So the... All right. All right. All right. All right. In the Netherlands, it is rude to ask what someone's job is. Yes. No, 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 no. I, ch- I changed my answer to no already. Oh, okay. Do you have a reasoning behind that? Because they're more progressive. So it's okay to know what their job is because they want to share their salary information so that everybody gets paid equally. Paul, that is incorrect. Uh, according to the internet. Oh, also really quick. I'm going to do a quick, um, like, uh, you know, bar trivia announcement. Um, what I say is right is right. I don't care if this is actually wrong or if you're Dutch and you want to write in about how this isn't technically correct. Uh, what my answers are from what I read very quickly on the internet <laughs> are going to be considered right. I want to change game. this answer. If you're Dutch, please do write in. Fuck you, Paul. <laughs> Um, no, so the reasoning behind this is that um, in the Netherlands, there are a lot of people who live off of uh, state welfare, and so it's considered rude to um, ask somebody what they do for work. Mm, in case they don't do anything. Okay. Uh, okay, Paul, you ready for number yes. two? All right. Let me randomly generate a number. Paul, in Romania, it is considered impolite to tip. Yes, true. 
Paulette is false. Damn it. So the real countries, and I, this is not an exhaustive list, but the usually listed countries where it's not okay to tip is uh, are Japan and South Korea. Mm. Uh, you know, people are proud of their work and they get paid a living wage, so they don't need to be tipped. All right. Paul, you ready for the next one? Do you think you're going to get any better at this, or do you think this is no, a pre-performance? because you know how I view people from everywhere equally, so it's hard for me to think about, like, one culture <laughs> versus another, you know? It's just, it doesn't work for me. But. All right, well, let's see how you do with this one. Uh, it is considered impolite to give a thumbs up to people in Senegal. Yeah, yes. Incorrect is actually Greece, mm-hmm. and I thought that was one that you would get where I feel like that's a pretty common one, where um, giving the thumbs up signal in Greece is considered impolite. Paul, let me ask you a question. Mm-hmm. It is considered impolite to close a car door too harshly in Lebanon. Yes, definitely true. That's considered impolite everywhere. Uh, so that's actually attributed to Costa Rica. Yeah, but, but what are you talking about? <laughs> like, it's impolite to to spit in your face in Morocco. <laughs> <laughs> um, what's funny is that this is actually one of the only times that I distinctly remember offending somebody in Cuba is it was the one time that we took a fancy like uh, old American car to go to the zoo. And when we got out, because the guy was going to wait for us and pick us up once we were done, I slammed the car door too hard. And he was like, he gave me like a little hand symbol, like a little bit, a little bit less next time. Oh. <laughs> um, but yeah, this is technically attributed to No, Costa Rica. no, no. I'm not, I'm not accepting this answer. I don't care what little preface you gave <laughs> us about how we're not allowed to argue with you, Adrian. You can't show up with some sort of bullshit like that. Like what? What is this? What is this? Do you want to keep going, or are you are you done with this game? I think you're stupid, and I think this game is stupid. But let's keep going. All right. Maybe eventually you'll get one point. Actually, that's the new goal, Paul. <laughs> I I don't know what the set goal for this was, but the new goal is just that you get one of these right. Um. Okay. Um. Okay. So this is a fun one. Um. In Turkey, it is considered impolite to give someone an even number of flowers. Ooh, I have no idea. This is gonna be a random guess. I'm going to go with, because in Asian countries, the numbers four and two are usually unlucky, that maybe there's something with even numbers that might have traveled from East Asia all the way uh, around. So I'll go with yes. It's unlucky. All right, Paul, still hitting zeros. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So that is actually in Romania. And the reasoning behind it is that even numbers of flowers are only used at funerals, so it's impolite to give someone an even number Damn, of flowers. If only this quiz was also about Dame Dash. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? I should I should have thrown in some what's considered impolite to Dame Dash in here. Um, okay, let's move on to the next one. Uh, okay, um, in Rwanda, it is considered impolite to touch someone on their head. Yeah, that's, that's kind of similar to the other one where if it's from a different country, I'm going to be upset because you shouldn't touch anyone on the head anywhere. Where, where is it okay to touch people on their head? So yes, it's impolite. You don't like a couple head pats? It's impolite in Rwanda. So this is, again, incorrect. Uh, the list of countries that I know from this one, it's Sri Lanka, Thailand, and other places in like Southeast Asia. Yeah, yeah. Um, but in Rwanda, it's totally fine to give people Okay, yeah, pants. Adrian, you, you show up You show up in Kazakhstan and just start, like, touching people on their nose, just grabbing people's foreheads. Tell me how that works out for you. <laughs> how do you grab a forehead? I, I, maybe it's one the of the same way you I grab a pussy if you're Donald Trump. It doesn't really make sense. <laughs> you just go for it. I can grab my own forehead, I guess. Yeah, you know what? I could grab... I could... Maybe if I target children, I could probably do it. <laughs> same for donald trump same for donald trump (laughs) um okay next one paul (laughs) 
<laughs> Come on, you just got to get one of these correct. Oh, you know what? I just remembered why I didn't want to tell you which ones were true and false as we uh, did this game. But, uh, well, now we are where we are now. Okay. Um, in Costa Rica, it is considered impolite not to greet each person individually when you enter a room. Okay, well, I'll go with false because clearly your things are all false from that previous statement. I have testing skills adrian i'm not a moron um so finally you got one correct but no the reason that i didn't want to tell you is because i randomized the existing list of countries so as soon as you know that one is incorrect for a country you know that when you hear it again it's going to be incorrect and that's why i didn't want to tell you whether or not you were right or not um but let's keep going because it's fun for the audience to guess maybe they won't uh have the test taking skills that you have uh walking around with one hand in your pocket is considered impolite in france I've definitely heard this before. I can't remember if it's France specifically. But sure, why not? France. True. Incorrect. It's Turkey. <laughs> so is it just false for everyone? Is that what's going on? Uh, No, there have been a couple that are true. The Netherlands one was true. Mm. Eating food somewhere that doesn't explicitly serve food is considered impolite in South Korea. I'm going to go with South Korea is similar to Japan. And that, like, they don't want excess litter on the streets, so you're not supposed to eat, like, candy bars in Japan, because that, like, implies that you don't have anywhere to throw away the wrapper, which means you might be littering. So you're not really supposed to eat unless it's somewhere where you can immediately get rid of, like, the excess waste. So I'm going to go with true. Mm -hmm. That was a really good guess. Um, but no, <laughs> apparently there's more in common between Japan and Rwanda <laughs> than uh, we realized. That is, uh, yeah, Japan and Rwanda are the two countries where that's uh, considered real as far as uh, my I research. I knew Japan. Show. I didn't know about Rwanda, but okay. Uh, okay, so sitting in the back of a cab is considered rude in the Netherlands. Ooh, okay. I'm going to go. Wait, no, you already told me that if they've already been mentioned once, they won't be mentioned again. So false. But I would have said true. So I'll go ahead and admit I would have gotten it wrong because I would have thought that the Netherlands had like working class uh, camaraderie. So you were supposed to like be at the same level as the driver. So I was going to guess true, but you already told me that if the country came up once, it was going to be the opposite. Okay. So, uh, Paul, that is incorrect. Uh, Netherlands is on the list twice. So, uh, <laughs> um, so, and you actually, you actually nailed the explanation. That is exactly it. So in the Netherlands, it is considered rude not to see yourself as an equal to a cabbie and sit in the front seat with them. So good job on that. Like you win the, you win the moral battle, <laughs> but you do not win the actual battle. <laughs> Have I gotten any right yet? <laughs> yeah, you got one right. Okay. You got, uh, oh, the one about, oh, wait, no, you didn't get that one right. What did I put a one there? Uh, you got the one about Costa Rica, right? Oh, okay, nice. <laughs> uh, not greeting each person individually in a room is, uh, it's Senegal, by the way. I don't know if I mentioned Which that. Which is funny. That's the one I didn't listen to. I, like, I literally answered. Um, Based on, yeah, the test taking skills. Um, okay. Uh, opening a gift in front of the gift giver is considered rude in China. That's definitely considered rude in a lot of places, but I'm going to say because... That is true. It's one of those ones where there's like a whole list of countries where this is considered rude. Oh. But is China one of them? I'm trying to think of the Chinese people mindset, you know? Get, get in their minds. <laughs> yeah, yeah. China's a big place. It has to be, it has to <laughs> okay. be rude somewhere in China. <laughs> that That's the reason? <laughs> there's, there's, there's how many billion people in China? There's a billion people in China. It's a fourth of the world. Yeah. At least some of them have to think it's yeah, rude. At least, uh, at least one of the neighborhoods in China has got to be like, we don't, we don't fuck with that here. Uh, all right, yeah, Paul, you got that nice. one correct. Um, so it is considered too eager and greedy to uh, immediately open a gift 
uh, that you get in China. Nice. Also, one that I didn't include on the list, but apparently it's also a thing there where like you're supposed to refuse any offer like three times before you accept it. Um, okay, Paul, so this is a fun one. Um, in the country of Georgia, it is considered rude to not down your drink in a single sip. Yeah, sure. They're kind of like, they they were invaded by Russia in like 2008 or 2009 or something. So they're basically mm-hmm. Russia now. So uh, so that sounds like a Russian thing to, to like n- not take your shot of vodka in an allocated amount of time. So true. Paul, I'm going to give you two points for that one because you nailed both the correctness of it and the reasoning behind it almost precisely russia is the other place where it's rude to sip your vodka instead of take it in one shot in georgia they specifically give you these kind of small glasses of wine that you're supposed to drink in one sip but yes it is is precisely the same kind of rationale nice okay in the country of spain it is considered impolite to add condiments to a meal you are served false so this is another one where it's a whole list of countries where this is considered rude, and Spain is one Damn of them. It. You dumb, dumb piece of I just shit. thought because Spain had like that salsa thing they put on top of little toasty crackers, and I thought you would put that on top of a lot of things. <laughs> Bruschetta? <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> My logic All wasn't right. as strong as the previous question. Yeah, that one wasn't a... I don't think you got any date right, dates right on that one. I don't think you got much of anything on that one. Um, uh, okay, last couple. Um, it is considered impolite to slice bread in Spain. True. They, they, they do the bruschetta for you, and they put the toppings on it. <laughs> Wait, what does that have to do with slicing? <laughs> they, they slice it and toast it and put the toppings on for you, and you get it as a, and you get it as uh, a, a peritif, as a, what, what do you call it? What's the free, as a, as a tape. Aperitif. As a, not tape, tempe? No, that's the, that's the... Tapas? <laughs> I'm gonna go ahead and say that Paul and Adrian do know that bruschetta is from Italy. I don't. I don't we're saying that it's from Spain, but we're just joking around. We definitely know it's. Is it bruschetta tapas? I, I, I don't know. I'm not cultured. I think it's like something you would get at a small plates place, but I think it is an Italian wow. food. Okay, my bad audience. Please don't cancel me. <laughs> <laughs> um, in any case, uh, so this is actually considered rude in France. You always pull apart a baguette. You don't slice a baguette. Oh, very true. Very true. And I feel like I had a friend from France, yeah, who uh, who's a master's student or a PhD student you, actually. You, you slice the cheese like this across, across. None of this American bullshit where you slice the cheese all around. You slice across. Wait, is that a personal experience? Yeah, you've had? it's a personal experience you've had and told me about. <laughs> oh, I was about to say, yeah, Mark had that exact. Uh, well, that's not a good impression of Mark, but yeah, he had a he had a whole rant about how you the way that Americans slice cheese and how yeah, annoying I've never it was met to him. him. I was doing wrong. an impression of your impression. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, like a game of telephone, it came out perfect. <laughs> um. Okay, Paul. Last one, <clears throat> and this one really hits home. It is considered impolite to haggle for the price of an item in the United States. Oh, true. Yeah. Yep, that's true. Yeah, I I don't know why I thought you would get that wrong, <laughs> but yeah. That is absolutely true. Something that people who come to America don't necessarily understand. I think those are the only two American things that I found was um, trying to haggle for items like a Target uh, is something that foreigners will sometimes do. And then um, asking to touch black people's hair is apparently a really big thing for Asian tourists. So those are the two things <laughs> I was really... able to find. All right. So out of a total of 20 points, Paul got four, seven. Damn it. Not, not too bad. So I know more about Dame Dash than not being a dick abroad, <laughs> is what we've gathered. Which, uh, yeah, that, I think that fits. <laughs> yeah, probably. 
I am a dick, and I do know a lot about Dame Dash, so we're we're only zeroing in on my personality over time. <laughs> Damn. All right. Well, that was a fun time, Paul. Uh, sorry that you uh, are probably causing chaos anytime you go abroad. But <laughs> Absolutely just humiliating myself and the locals. All right, Paul. little big fact, no cap, and let's get out of here. Did we learn anything today? No. No, we've only gotten dumber. <laughs> we never learn anything. <laughs> the ethos of this the ethos of this podcast never grow learn or uh or amplify women's voices that's why we're only having on men <laughs> <laughs> you know i i've said it so much during the podcast uh you know you have to hear something 20 times according to my really annoying middle school teacher to learn it so um i'll say it one more time for the audience be regular just be regular like no no i mean be don't overthink things and i think be reasonable be reasonable be don't overthink no be regular be a regular person <laughs> um fuck you I'm, I'm not going ayn rand but what what i'm saying is oh i would say that people would actually have problems with the the like the the, the verbiage of be a normal person or whatever well, what, like what i'm saying is say be it. normal and realize most people everywhere are normal like it's it's not hard to be a decent thoughtful person where you go wrong is when you the same instinct that leads you to think that people are so different than you that you that you have to like research them to not offend them is the same instinct that is leading you to be like the michael scott type offensive person mm. it's it's all intertwined and it i know it feels like a tight rope to walk but it's not as hard to walk as you think it's really more of like a bridge i know you some people are so scared of like lashback that they that they think that they have to walk this tightrope or people will be angry at them and it's really not if you if you just are are a kind thoughtful person people will react to that better than if you spend 20 hours on on wikipedia researching local customs um obviously do that to like a small extent you don't want to be you don't part of being thoughtful is somewhat like looking into stuff but don't don't be an obsessive weirdo um don't show up to japan with your kimono you bought at a u.s strip mall you know what i mean like be regular (laughs) just be regular god damn it uh and my no cap for this week um you know we touched on religion we touched on traveling we touched on the way to be a a thoughtful traveler and uh i think what i'm gonna say is the fruits of the spirit there's some good shit in there so I can only say them if I think about the song that we had to sing in a Christian summer camp that I went to. But the fruits are love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Be be a gentle person everywhere you go. Be a loving person everywhere you go. Be a kind person everywhere you go. And a lot of these, like, cultural issues and a lot of these uh, issues of whether or not it's technically okay or how you should go about traveling in places where uh, maybe it's not super dope that you're going to be there. Uh, j- just just do things thoughtfully that's all i got damn okay yeah i think we kind of touched on the same stuff as always adrian it was it was really fun thank you for making that quiz um i i do feel humiliated i will be going to bed uh in a puddle of my own tears but <laughs> other than that it's been a good time bye buddy all right bye dude i sent you the song from my home.